everyone, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today we are going to go over a format that you guys really, really like. We've been doing it for several years now, and that is making predictions of what's going to happen next year in the SEO and self-publishing industry. We're also going to be reviewing last year's prediction to see how accurate they were and whether we are good at predicting this stuff, and that's not always the case. And finally, we'll go over your predictions that we ask you to answer to on Twitter, and we got some really good ones. So let's get started with this episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. Today is our 300th episode and we are not dressed as Spartans for this episode. I'm sorry for everyone who was expecting that. But we're going to do a format that a lot of people are expecting and like every year, and that is the SEO prediction. So I think it's a good fitting topic for the 300th episode. There's going to be a lot of AI in this one because obviously a lot of people are talking about all these new AI stuff. We had an AI mastermind, AI content mastermind with Atari Hacker Pro Platinum yesterday, etc. So lots of stuff about that. People on Twitter can't shut up about it. So we're going to talk about that. But before we talk about AI, we're going to talk about something way more interesting. That's how Mark is doing, you know? Well, I'm having a blast. SEO may not be the most glamorous field, but it's definitely <laughs> rewarding when your hard work pays off. Is that the AI answer that someone wrote for, for you? When you ask how, how's it going, it's not actually how's it going, it's how's yeah, it's GPT-3 kind of think that Mark is going. I'm not, I'm not sure I like this answer, although it's, it's a bit more inspired than most of your answers. So, so you could argue it might be better. Maybe we'll just script a whole podcast like this and tell people at the end. But basically, we're not here to just talk about that. We're here to talk about the predictions we've done last year first. So we're going to go and review last year's prediction. Then we're going to make this year's prediction. Then we're going to do a quick review of what people told me they were predicting on Twitter as well. I've asked people on Twitter what they thought, and we'll see what they are thinking and if it's kind of the same as us, not the same as us, etc. But let's jump in and let's talk about last year's prediction. What was the first one? So the first one last year was that reviews will be targeted more by Google. And I think we can say pretty soundly that this has been a, yes, that was accurate. We've seen successive review updates, the helpful mm -hmm. content update, which I don't know, wasn't so helpful in some cases. It's not about reviews only, though, helpful content. Update. It was more about targeting AI content, that kind of stuff. AI sites tanked with this helpful content update, and it feels like that's just uh, the sure. PR name they gave to it. But in between those, we've seen a lot of sites, including one of our own, get hit, recover. Ours is still recovered, but some of them get hit, recover, hit, recover. This is like ping pong effect. And it almost seems a little bit arbitrary when you look at some of the sites which then overtook them in the rankings, which, which weren't affected. Sometimes pretty objectively worse content. So I know affiliate marketers and SEOs always say, you know, Google's going after affiliates or going after reviews. They don't want affiliates. I, I think those statements can be a little bit extreme, but we have seen a, let's say, like tightening up over the expected editorial level that Google wants to see on reviews. I think that's in part because there's a lot of just rubbish reviews out there. Uh, but we're also seeing there's a lot of attention from in the US from like the government from the FTC around reviews and disingenuous statements and things like that. And I think there's they're working on something at the moment, the FTC, some new bill to police it. I'm not exactly sure. They haven't seen too much about it. But yeah, Google wants to show up and show it that they've done work for it. They're actually ahead of it and look like a good corporation that they shouldn't be dismantled and broken as a monopoly, basically. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a big concern for them in their position. One specific thing which we mentioned, which we kind of got wrong, though, is, and I think this was in reflection of the December 2021. I want to say one more thing about targeting updates before you switch. Oh, you were still on that. I'm still on the same point. Okay, finish. Um, <laughs> so uh, 
December 2021, there was the review update guidance, and they mentioned about encouraging sites to link out to multiple vendors. And so we saw some sites of try not just listing Amazon, but listing here are you know, five places you can buy this and provide that kind of price comparison offering. Most of the people I've spoken to, admittedly, anecdotally, have all said that whenever they've tried to add more us, yeah. offers or places to, to buy, it's just the conversion rate's been terrible. And there's more clicks to get through. So it's just, it hasn't been a good thing from them. And I haven't seen too many sites do it. And I, I don't know, my feeling is that the effect on rankings for that specific part of it hasn't really been a thing. Yeah, I feel like it's not there yet. Well, I wanted to say like one thing that we got from Google is actual clear instructions for once on like what they want in product reviews. I mean, as clear as it can get from Google, I guess. And it's been pretty decent on like, yeah, link to multiple sellers, try to have like uh, in-hand uh, reviews. Da, da, da. Like there, there is documents that they're producing now for webmasters that are actually helpful. And that is a welcome change compared to what we've been used to in the past few years where it's been very generic. I'll try to create great content. There's nothing you can do to fix your site's ranking with uh, core updates. Just, just do great content, basically. Like, so now they're a bit more precise, and thank God they're addressing that. So I want to tip my hat off to Google. I give them a lot of shit, but this time I think it is better. It is going in the right direction. Uh, I do wish they would produce like more polished content for webmasters. Like, I mean, apart from John Mueller getting on a quick dirty chat with the webmasters once in a while, like it's not very well put together. Matt Katz was doing a better job, let's be honest, but it's still something. So overall, Google is steering us in the direction they want to see. And that's what we want as webmasters. We want to work with Google so that they give us traffic and we give them the traffic, the content they want to show to their users and everyone is happy, everyone has a thriving business and the users get high quality content. So that is some positive thing that came from that uh, review update, I think. Do you want to take the next point? So the next point that we made was that guest post farms will get hit. And I'm not going to say no completely, but I think we can put this in the no camp. It's like a no slash not it's really. It's not as clear hits. Exactly. So they are, I think, as brazen as they were a year ago. And that was one of the things we said. Uh, that Google would try and stop them from acting in the way they do in a more public way. And that doesn't seem to have happened. I do think, and I really do feel that they have been kind of more stealthily hit and the links from those types of sites we will get into that because it does feature in one of our predictions for 2023 i feel like people just aren't really kind of aware or like everybody is not aware of what's going on with these sites and, and kind of the impact they have on or, or don't have on on link building many sites are still using this model and the, the fact that people are still paying for these links is encouraging more and more sites to sell guest posts, turn into guest post farms, build more fake sites and that are guest post farms. And yeah, it's just not much has really changed from a brazenness perspective, I guess. Yeah, I do feel like these links, these generic links though, I mean, ah, let's talk about this later, actually. I'm not going to talk about this now. Let's jump to the next one, which was Cal Roof's prediction, actually. We had guests last year. So what did he predict? So he predicted that there would be a, an increase in competition in the first half of the year due to everything that was going on in the world at the time and that Google would continue to go after affiliate sites. And he also sort of was explaining how planning ahead was really important and having a good idea not of what you're going to do so as not to get caught off by like shiny object syndrome and, and things like that was very important as well. Google did 
I think, continue to go Don't after affiliate sites. Yeah. Or rather the bad ones, specifically, you know, thin content and, and all that. He, Kyle also mentioned about topical relevancy becoming more and more of a thing. Um, it's definitely become very popular in the industry as a term in 2022. So yeah, there are actually like kind of multiple things going on there. But I think more or less, yeah, I mean, he was right about the direction of, of most of those things. Also, Google is not going after all affiliate sites. Google doesn't hate affiliate sites, I think. They just hate low-quality sites, low-effort sites, etc. And I think that's a distinction to make because I, I see this shortcut being made so fast, so quickly by people. It's like they end up being like, oh, Google hates all affiliates and they want to kill us, etc. No, they don't want that. They just want better sites ranking on Google. If your site has affiliate links, but your pages are great, Google's happy to rank you. If your site is kind of shit, you've never really looked into the product category, you can't talk about it, you've just like, you haven't worked really hard on your content. Yeah, Google is going after you. Like, that's pretty much what it is. I also think in terms of topical relevancy, I think it has increased in how much it matters in the algorithm, but maybe not as much as it has increased in popularity in the SEO industry, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but I think there's a little bit of a disproportionate gain in popularity compared to the objective increase in how much it matters, you know, like the, the relevancy of your links, especially, I think is very important, for example, right now, that kind of stuff. But... Yeah, it's very, very trendy right now in the SEO industry. And I think it's also important to not get caught into forgetting the basics and the important things that nobody's talking about right now because they're focused on this. That also matter some quite often more even. Let's go to the next one, which was AI content will replace cheap writers. Has it done that? I put this down as a yes. It's not like a super strong yes. I think it's a yes, but in a more roundabout way. So I think what's happening is if you look at Text Broker, iWriter, Upwork, some of these other platforms is a lot of writers are now using Jasper and Phrase and other tools to create content. And it's for the cheap writers, the not so good writers, what they can produce with that is comparable to what they would produce in a hurried fashion before they were able to use that. So and they're going to do use these tools to produce content much faster. So you are getting AI content, although it's not always marketed, <laughs> it's marketed or as, yeah. <laughs> sold as AI content. And I think a lot of site owners, a lot of people who are buying content just aren't aware of it, which is arguably problematic though it kind of depends on your your on your point of view also this chat gpt they developed since it's come out it's it's kind of like pushed the industry forward a lot and it's shown it's been one week so it's like give something it's just this kind of like light bulb moment of like okay we were here now we're actually like a, quite a bit further on and i think people are starting to see the potential of this in a practical use case for real sites, not just sites that want to kind of like spam hundreds of thousands of AI content on low competition keywords. So yeah, interesting times for sure. And we're definitely going to be talking a lot about AI content and AI later yeah. in the, the episode today. Even this year, I think in the next year, we'll talk a lot about it. But I think it also what's interesting is like the fact that site owners are getting AI content despite the fact that they're not necessarily asking for it is the reason for the rise of AI detection content uh, tools now. It's like, so like now there's like a new industry rising up, which is like, okay, you paste the content you're getting from freelancers. Uh, I think Spencer launched one called originality.ai, but there's several like 
kind of free ones, etc. And to be honest, most of the time it seems to be doing a decent job from my tests. I've also made it bleep, so I've made it pasted AI content. It was like, oh, it's original. So it doesn't always work, but it kind of like works most of the time, I would say. And yeah, it's an interesting cat and mouse game, not only between site owners and Google, but also between site owners and writers and like site owners are like exactly in the middle having to mediate between the freelance writers and Google basically taking that responsibility and Google is going to use the site owners as that kind of like middle layer that is going to be pressed for editorial quality by punishing them with updates if they are publishing the wrong content on their site. So it's going to be an interesting one. And I think it's going to be a little stressful for site owners, especially everyone has a different stance at this point. And this chat GPT is a step forward, but it's also one week in. So we're not exactly sure how far that's going to go, etc. Like it's going to be paid at some point as well, right? It's free now. I told them people are going to pay every time they prompt. So it's like, it's going to be how expensive is it going to get, etc. Like the economics of this, how is it going to work? It's an interesting time, but whether you like AI or not, you're going to have to kind of address it this year, I think. So next one was from Michel from Surfer SEO. And his prediction was that AI would drive down the cost of content. And this is a kind of not really, but sometimes I think that as a company, if you want to produce a lot of AI content you can now or you produce a lot of content rather you can use AI to do a kind of okay job and produce a lot very cheap so yes that's true but what hasn't happened is that the kind of bottom has fallen out of the industry and then it's dragged down the cost of all content I would say if anything content's gotten more expensive in 2022 rather than less and that's Partly due to, you know, inflation and global I was going to say, I think the cheap, cheap content didn't really increase that much in price in a high inflationary world. Essentially, content got cheaper with AI. It's just that it didn't increase in price and that is cheaper compared to like the average inflation. So like you can still find like few cents per world content. It's just like now it's generated by Jasper instead of some random uneducated writer writing it, you know? The main thing was that there wasn't a trickle down effect on more expensive, like the hiring nah. content didn't become cheaper. It didn't drag it down. So it's not good enough for that. It's not good enough to affect the top tier. It's just good enough to affect the bottom tier at this point. At least it was until this chat uh, GPT. I think now medium tier content is going to start being affected. Like top tier content, still not data driven content, that kind of stuff. It can't do that. It's not ready yet. But like very decently explained informational content for medium complexity questions. Yeah, I think it's going to start being affected. But it doesn't drive the cost of content. It just increases productivity rather. Let's draw on the next one, which was Glenn which said that focusing on surprising and delighting visitors is going to reap rewards for people. Yeah, so I think this sort of came from the idea that more and more sites are becoming very samey with like very similar content, similar presentation, and that sites are going to have to do more creative and cool things to kind of stand out. And he gave a few examples of cool 404 pages or really nice designs and so getting links from design blogs and roundups and things like that. And while this has been the case, certainly, it hasn't really become like a mainstream thing that every site is trying to do this. I think people are still competing over the basics at least in the industries we've been looking at. I mean, you find examples. I quote this one to Hoops Geek all the time, right? It's like DR40, 50, not very medium DR. Still like 300K traffic in a very competitive like B2C closing niche. I mean, the shoes basically. And they're doing really well. Like they're doing overly well compared to their level of authority and compared to their competition, etc. And so sites that actually do this right, I think do get rewarded. But 
It requires too much talent for this to become widespread. It's more going to be these stories of like a few sites built really well, doing really, really well, despite not having lots of links, etc. But it's not easy to achieve. And I just don't think the industry has the talent to pull that off like on every single site that comes out. So I think most sites are going to be average. That's what average is, right? It's like what most people do. And then some of these really, really well done sites, though, they do get rewarded and they do do well building sites a little bit differently, building them around databases, making these pages that are not necessarily full of like written content, but rather like graphs and like comparisons of prices between retailers, things like that, that add value. It's being more rewarded than it was before. So it's like, I think it was like, it's funny because I actually was like, ah, I don't see this at the beginning, but actually I can pinpoint to like several examples of sites doing that and now being rewarded for it. But I don't think the industry has realized yet. I think people are still behind, they still default WordPress team, slap a lot of content on it, etc. But I think that the people who do take the time and effort to make something that goes beyond that now have the opportunity to get rewarded. And that's a good thing that actually rewards people for not just making cookie cutter content anymore. Yep. So let's move on to the next one then. The next prediction was from us. We said that good affiliate marketers will expand into info content and sell products more. Well, everyone's talking about the ratio of like info content to commercial content and how like sites without enough info content are getting penalized and like there's all that current of thinking in the industry right now. And so like a lot of affiliate marketers have expanded info content. They just don't sell products with it. They put yeah. ads on it instead. So let me rephrase. So the way it was phrased was we'll expand into info content that sells products. Okay. So not that is sell not... products. Yeah. So that was like a single prediction. And while, yes, you're right, info content, it's, it's not really been, I mean, there are some people who have done it, but it's more been like an ads play rather than uh, info content. It's play. also been a, a way around Google updates. Like people believe that it's going to protect them from Google updates. This whole topical relevancy, you're not treating of your core topics if you don't have these info pages on your site, etc. So people have been growing a lot more info content on affiliate sites, that's for sure. Like rather than just fully going for commercial content. Still not fully convinced of, of that, to be honest. That site that we say the, had issues has now fully recovered to its peak traffic, has had no extra info content added on it, for example. So like, I'm still not fully convinced, but affiliate marketers did expand into info content just for different reasons, basically. So the next one is from Mark Mars from Niche Website Builders. He predicted that content would become both harder and easier. So what he meant by that was that as more and more competition especially from like shitty sites kind of came into the market, they will get hit and then go away. And therefore there will be less competition eventually. But I don't really see that's happened. It's not like all the people making shitty affiliate sites have gone away and it's just suddenly like become become a lot easier. I'd say it's competition. Those people are just refining their strategies and getting better and better. So like even the not so good people, the average level of that has increase significantly and that's obviously like increased the competition higher up so i i just think it's become more competitive and i don't think it's really much has gotten easier i mean seo is always getting slightly harder if you look at the like we all complain we say google gets it wrong etc but look at the quality of content today versus five years ago content in google is still better and you still find it's just like our standard for quality has also increased therefore our perception of it might not be higher but objectively, you'll find better web pages ranking for the topics you're Googling. So it is getting harder, but that's also there's more and more tools that help us achieve that better quality content. So yeah. He also said that fewer quality links would matter more than many average quality I links. I agree with that. Which I think is, is, is very true. I agree with that. 
Okay, so that's pretty much all the predictions for last year. Honestly, the track record is not too bad. I think we did quite okay this time. If you look at the stuff we predicted, we're still about 50-50, which is about as good as guessing. Everyone else seems <laughs> no, to... No, it's not, like, because you come the, the, up with guess, something specific. The like, guess we had had a better tra estimation than us, but I get your point. Also, if you get to make one prediction, it's much easier than making several. It's You're more likely to hit it wrong after you do your fifth one than after you did your first one, you know? Anyway. Whatever, I'm just a bad uh, bad loser, so that's okay. Let's do the ones for this year and see which ones will be wrong. So I think the first one I put was uh, something that is kind of a disclaimer for all of this. And that is that SEO will be 95% the same as this year. <laughs> which like, a lot of people are talking about this AI stuff right now. A lot of people are like chatting about how everything's gonna change and the industry is over, da 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 da. The truth is these kind of like large scale changes take a really long time to happen. And it's like, it's not easy to do that. And it's very, very likely that in one year from now, so like now we're recording this at the beginning of December, the SEO will be mostly the same. Like there, you still need to do content, you still need to do links. The way you do content might sl change slightly, but I don't think all your content is going to be written by AI at that point. Don't think link building is going to vary different, like massively. Like it might, again, the quality threshold might have been pushed up. So like the, the shittier stuff you're doing might not work as well anymore. Mostly SEO will be the same. I don't know what you think about that. And I think it's important to tell that to people because quickly they can take what we say and just essentially talk about the world falling apart. If you look at any major, major worldwide change throughout history. I'm talking about railroads and Electric electricity yeah. and even cars in general. They first came out, computers, the internet itself. Those things were all predicted to change everything in everyone's life really, really quickly. And while they did have massive impacts, the actual change to the overall global economy from each of those things was actually only about, I think it was like 15% I read somewhere. So 5% change from SEO in a year, then I think you're probably about right with that. I think AI content has the potential to change SEO about 15%, I would say, over the long run. Yeah, and it's, it takes time. Most importantly, it's not going to be all done in one year. It's like uh, APIs come out and you need to kind of like find uses for them, especially this stuff is complex. Most people don't know how to use it. They need to learn how to do this, etc. Like it will take time and it will take more than one year. And in one year, none of that brand new stuff is going to be fully figured out to the point that it will have figured out and deployed to the point that it will have changed the industry. Like it takes much, much longer than that. And so don't panic. Most of SEO will probably still be here. Most of the stuff you're doing is probably going to still be here. If you are the bottom of the barrel in what you're doing in content and links, yes, you might be worried. But if you're not, you'll be fine. On that, let's get started with the first one, I'd say. Uh, and that was yours. So go ahead. Wasn't that the first prediction? I mean, or was yeah, that just okay. a that was just I guess a general? That's a pretty, I guess we can put that this way. My score is higher next year, right? Okay, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll come back and check that in a year's time. And then time next and year, everything right. has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so my first one was that generic links will lose more actual and perceived value. So we spoke a lot about link farms on on this podcast uh, throughout 2022. Sites like soup.io, it's DR78, it's got no traffic, used to have a couple hundred K, lost it all. It's been sort of repurposing this generic everything site that has a category for everything, 
obviously selling links, lots of kind of CBD casino stuff on there, but also legit sites, real estate and any other type of business is getting links from sites like this. Now, I'm not going to repeat everything we said in that podcast. This prediction is more that the knowledge that these sites are not positively impacting your rankings or links from these sites are not positively impacting your rankings will start to trickle down because they don't. And because they don't, sites and the client sites will start to not see results and people will just become more aware of it and put pressure on agencies who are the ones buying most of these these links on these sites to not do so. I think there'll be a kind of leveling up of knowledge and awareness of them and sites um, and agencies will start to shift away from buying tons of these generic links. So that's my, my prediction. I wouldn't expect Google to have to make any kind of big statement and say, oh, don't do this, it's terrible, or the generic site link update or anything like that. I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think what they've already done is just quietly cut the effect that these links have. And my prediction is more about people beginning to realize that. Yeah, emphasis on beginning. I think, I think it takes longer than we expect for people to actually change their habits on this. But what yeah, I Yeah, I mean, we still get people contacting yeah. us asking <laughs> if guest post directories or e-sign articles and these kinds of yeah, you know, 10-year-old tactics are still worthwhile. It's not only that, but like also a lot of people in our industry have a vested interest in maintaining that belief because they sell links themselves. I mean, you can see like most people, we don't have a link service at this point, but like we've tried several, et cetera. And it's like many people that produce content have a vested interest in maintaining that belief. They make lots of money doing that. And so like that will participate in maintaining that illusion because obviously lots of these services rely on these kind of sites to do that. I think there's going to be more like internal crisis in these services that are going to realize that faster than clients because they'll be able to look at all their clients and see the slowing results of what they're doing. And I think that's all like the, like, you know, like updates roll out and a third of their clients got hit or something like that, that kind of stuff could happen. And sometimes these hits are not hits, they're just devaluations of links probably. And it's like, well, it counted, now it doesn't count anymore, you're dropping in ranking. So it's like, yeah, I think uh, the industry is going to start looking at this. I think a lot of clients will be quite obvious, like they, they won't they won't get it, they will be oblivious, not obvious, to the changes and it's going to take more than that. They will only start realizing at the end of the year. So I wouldn't expect a big shift, but I would expect like the more higher level of SEO circles, like, you know, when we do these masterminds in Autoya Hacker Pro Platinum, etc. like you can see most people have moved away from that kind of stuff and are doing different things. And clearly, I think it's going to go down to like the middle tier of marketers now, from the top tier to the middle tier, something like this. Okay, my next prediction is that there will be more core updates and helpful content updates that will roll and misfire. <laughs> because we've talked about that. It seems like basically small sites often get affected by these updates without the intention of Google to penalize these sites. That's why you see these sites kind of like tank, then come back, then tank, then come back. And what is interesting with these updates, it's like I follow a lot of like groups where people like share these stories of what happened, etc. And everyone's trying to completely revamp their site, change everything, etc. And then when the site jumps back up, it's like, oh my God, I did these three things. Therefore, that's why the site went back up, etc. And that's why Google, and then a mythology and legends about SEO are getting created on these groups, you know, <laughs> because 
we've had sites that did that and we've changed absolutely nothing and we're back to all-time high traffic at this point. And it's just that Google themselves are trying to figure stuff out. It's kind of like out of our control at this point on like what uh, what's going to work and not work. We have even sites that were penalized a long, long time ago that are starting to emerge back, back, back up in rankings, doing absolutely nothing, publishing no content, removing no links, disavowing nothing, still doing okay. So I think it's still going to be a bit of a roller coaster next year because, well, yeah, there's all these new AI content in the eyes of Google, AI content is still spam. It's like automated generated content. And the official policy is like, it's spam. Regardless of how you use it, it's spam. That's what Troy Muller said. I disagree with him. I think if you use it right, you can probably output great content. But that's the official policy right now. If they maintain that policy, they probably go after some of it. Probably the lowest level again. Like, you know, it's like there's that, that quote that someone told me one day was like, if you get run after by a bear, you don't need to run faster than the bear. You just need to run faster than the slowest guy in your group. And it's kind of like, that's pretty much a good, uh, is this a good energy or not? You'll tell me, Mark. That's how CAI content and all these things are going right now. So it's like, as long as you're not at the bottom of the barrel, you'll probably be fine. But the thing that I see as well is the more trust signals a site has, the more stable they are in these updates. I mean, I'll tell you like a good example, right? We have more trust signals than on many other sites. And honestly, We've never been affected by any of these updates. Like we never, it's never, I'm saying that, touching wood. <laughs> like, you know, as I say that, it happens. Uh, but so far, nothing has happened. And I think the big difference is like, there's much more trust factors tied to this. We put our real face, we have a podcast, we're on YouTube. We have uh, quotes from like big uh, industry uh, leaders, etc. People talk about us, etc. And that helps a lot. So I'll talk about another prediction related to that. But I think uh, if you wanted, if I wanted to try to avoid the roller coaster, I'd work on my trust signals and and things that are not necessarily like common knowledge to like increase your rankings, but rather make you look like a real business. That's kind of like my opinion. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. My next prediction is that 2023 will be the year of the ads rush. We're seeing three interesting trends in the industry right now. So ad RPMs have been increasing for many years now to the point where they're almost comparable, sometimes more comparable with affiliate revenue in certain niches. Affiliate content, affiliate competition is getting more competitive and there's a perception that Google is going after it. And then AI content is getting a lot better. So these three things together, well, we could also add the topical relevancy thing where putting producing lots of content about a topic is seen as a strong ranking signal or there's a perception that that's the case at least. So these four things, I guess, combined to a situation where you, I think we're going to see sites producing lots of info, info content, completely covering a topic, going for ad revenue and kind of using that as a growth strategy. The shit affiliates, those people who are getting producing thin content, getting hit, I think they stand much more of a chance of doing well for a longer period of time if they shift their attention towards the doing the same kind of strategies in the ad space. I still think quality will win outright. So this isn't a, a race to the bottom. It's just we will see more people going into, into the ad space because of all of these factors combined. Ads are definitely like a stronger monetization method they were like three, four years ago, for sure. So uh, it it is very competitive these days. And uh, I can see a lot of affiliates yeah, shifting to using ads or mixing things. or And yeah, together with topical relevancy, it's a kind of a no-brainer. If, if you buy into that, then you're going to create info content. How do you make money with that? It's going to be ads. Ads or building an email is pretty much the only ways that are viable to make decent money with this. 
So and those yeah. are those are kind of uh, there's a bit of an overlap there as well, you know. So if you're if you have a lot of info content, you can start putting pop-ups, start collecting emails, start growing an, an audience that way as well because it's much easier to get a lot more visitors than it is with affiliate content just because of competition levels and vo search volumes. It is, but also sometimes the intent of these long tail queries is not exactly the best to like start selling stuff to people. Like if people are looking for the solution to a specific problem, like my blinds are blocked. How do I unblock them? Because I can't sleep at night. Like capturing that email. I mean, unless you Although just put a contrarian perspective there. If someone's searching for best VPN for Venezuela, after you've given them the answer, they don't really want to sign up to your Yeah, VPN exactly. Newsletter. Especially on a so. privacy site. I mean, that was a, a dilemma that we faced in the past. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people don't want to give their info on a privacy site. So therefore, that is not a good uh, a good one. And also ad networks got a lot, a lot better. Like they're, they're great companies like Mediavine, AdStrive, even Ezoic to some extent that like they're pushing to like help content creators, they're building communities, they're doing all of that. They are good companies, much more than affiliate networks have ever been, to be honest. <laughs> and I think that also plays to that. And honestly, if some affiliate networks could watch what the ad networks are doing, yeah, look at what they're doing because that's how you grow a community of people who drive traffic for you and make you money. Anyway, uh, the next one is, I think there will be another wave of SEO is dead with this uh, chat GPT growth. Basically, it's already, when I asked the predictions on Twitter, and we'll go over that in a second, it was all about AI, pretty much like 80%. But overall, the thing is, this chat AI is actually now start doing a better job than Googling at answering a lot of questions. And so the, the question is like, it's not even the end of SEO, it's the end of Google <laughs> for, some, uh, for some stuff. So it's like, it looks to me like either Google is going to implement some of this into their search results. And it could be literally, you could be Googling and then you get an answer, but then you can keep chatting with Google and just kind of like start expanding on the sub. Oh yeah, there could be some people that do that. But another thing that I wanted to say is that old habits die hard. It's like everyone talking about this on Twitter right now, et cetera, they're like, tech enthusiasts, early adopters, like new technology, etc. My mom doesn't give a shit about uh, chat GPT. She still watches TV. My grandparents still listen to radio, etc. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't change so fast. And I think um, by the time my mom is comfortable chatting with an AI about her health problems, it's going to be a while. And Google still has like a lot of time in front of them. And I don't think SEO will be dead. I think if anything, it's just going to create a new category, but it's just going to create something on top of all the Google searches, etc. On top of that, and also I think Google is just going to implement some version of that in the search if it becomes popular. It's kind of like how every social media is now TikTok because TikTok has been so popular. Google is going to become a bit of a chatbot if that's what becomes popular and they have the technology. Google Assistant is really good. They have all the index data. They understand the content because they have to, to rank you, etc. Like They have all the pieces in their hands. There's no reason it wouldn't happen. So I don't think SEO would be dead, but I think there would be a wave of like, oh my God, with this new stuff, SEO is dead. Well, why are you doing SEO? People questioning, people quitting the industry, etc. That's going to happen. The next one. Okay, so next one is people will finally figure out how to use AI in their content. In the last 18 months, we've seen people try and sort of spam AI content, these sites that produce you know, 200,000 posts. Occasionally successful, more often than not, they get hit, go back down to, to zero. We've also seen cheaper writers start using AI and pass it off as, as their own content. We've seen occasionally people use AI as kind of like an assistant to get over a bit of writer's block, but it hasn't quite been all there yet, especially if you're trying to produce, you know, 
medium or top end content. What's clear at the moment is that you can't just press a button and get a finished article. I think a lot of people had I'd hoped and a lot of a lot of people had hoped that that was the case and a lot of AI companies had kind of subtly marketed that, that yeah. as a as an option, but it's not really something that's realistic. However, two things are changing. One, AI content is getting better. So ChatGPT, we've seen the potential that that can that can offer. Next year, we're going to see, um, I think, GPT four, which is the next iteration. Probably, of the under, it's not announced, but it's very likely. Which is the next iteration of the underlying algorithm, which Jarvis and most most of the other AI tools, AI content tools, use. So the underlying text getting better, a lot more convincing, and there are use cases beyond just outputting content for researching, planning, organizing information, even things like you know producing web pages, tables. I saw someone on Twitter make a WordPress plugin through using AI. We've also got video and image AI now as well. So that's going to become more of a thing. So the technology is getting better and it will continue to get better a lot next year. But more importantly is people are starting to learn how to control it and how to manipulate it to get what they want. Using a computer today is pretty much ubiquitous for most people under 50. But it wasn't always that way. I remember in the early 1990s, my mom went to a computer class and on her first day, the teacher stood up at the front of the class and was like, hi everybody, so we're gonna use computers today. This is a mouse. When you move it around the screen, when you move it around, the pointer on your screen moves. And about half the class picked up their mouse and started moving it around like this in the air, not moving it around <laughs> on, the, on the desk. Was because your mom just, teaching computers to kids? No, no, she was a student in the class. Oh, okay, um, okay. It was like an adult IT class. So that was then. And we're kind of at that stage now with AI content. It's like, oh, it can do all these cool things. And people are just like, oh, press the button, give me content. It's like, well, that's not quite really how, how you can get the most out of it. So how you can get the most out of it is that it learns fast. So you need to be able to tell it what's wrong with what it's producing or give it input, give it data, give it some kind of reference for what you want. And there's there's two elements of that. First is knowing what you want. I think a lot of people, ourselves included, we don't always know exactly what we want from content. We haven't really broken it down to its skeleton form of exactly what the first sentence, the first paragraph is going to communicate, whether we're going to have a personal anecdote here, whether we're going to mention this thing here, and exactly how we're going to structure it. We don't go to that level of detail because as we're writing it or, or as a professional writer is creating the content, they kind of figure those stuff, those things as, as they go. But if you do spend the time to go into that level of detail, then it will enable you to know what you want. And then the next stage is being able to tell the AI exactly what you want and communicate that to it. And we've seen that using ChatGPT, for example, you can give it very clear instructions like write in a more casual tone or change the second paragraph to reflect such and such a statement or whatever it is. And that, those are kind of very basic, very generic instructions, but they make a really big difference quite quickly, especially if you if you add a few of them. But there are people who have taken things 20 levels further and are almost coding it in a way. Ignore these types of statements, add this thing. I, I don't even know half the stuff they're, they're doing because it's almost like programming coding in a way. So I think that people will start to s start to see the potential of what they can do by 
learning how to code, it's not really coding, but give it the instructions it needs to get the output that you now know what it is you you want. And I think that that AI coding will be a hot thing and maybe all these blockchain developers who are currently looking for work will uh, will find something there. Well, I think that's something that people don't realize. People imagine that AI is going to be all easy and simple and everything. And it actually, it's going to be a skill. And also, I'm not worried as a content creator uh, because there will be a job of like operating that AI the same way as like people had to operate computers at the beginning. It was complicated and difficult. It will get better with time and easier with time, etc. But there is a skill set here that is, in my opinion, very, 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 very good to pick up now because very few people do that. I've personally been hanging out on the mid-journey Discord. If you don't know what this is, mid-journey is like an image generation like DALI. But the way you generate images is you actually generate it by writing a comment on a public channel. And so I can see people's comments on it and I see what they write to generate like really amazing images. Actually, it's really good mid-journey. I would say, I would argue it might be better than uh, DALI actually in terms of quality of images. But you see people writing like huge paragraphs of stuff and being very precise and, and what details they put like isolated object, low angle, like low angle view to see which angle the camera is at when you create the image. They do like all of that. They talk about the colors. They put hex codes of the colors they want to see in the images. They put all of that. And that will generate like a much nicer output than if you write just like make me an image of a girl holding a flower or something. And so it's the same for these language models for all of that. And, and that skill is the future, to be honest, I think so. I think I'd give it a few years and like everyone will need to learn how to do that anyway. If you want to operate, a comp- like it's going to be operating a computer, that will be that. That will be, And then everyone will kind of be programming without programming. If there's a skill to pick up next year, I think it's that one. It's just like uh, operating AI and putting uh, prompts and inputs that are highly accurate and learning how to kind of like predict what you will get out of it through experience. If you're like, gonna graduate soon or something like that and you want to pick up a skill that's the one i can't make it more obvious at this point okay the next one that i put in there was build uh, building an authentic brand will be more rewarded than ever before and that still ties back to this ai stuff because if ai is really good at answering generic questions and i think it's kind of like a duality with like the ad rush you talked about if ai generates that kind of like essentially ads content is going is generally answering questions tutorials that kind of stuff right but that content is the one that AI is really good at writing. And I feel like if Google starts implementing this kind of stuff in the socials, probably not next year. I mean, maybe next year we'll get a first version of it, but eventually the content they will put around in the social, they'll put like a chat with an AI or something like results. And then around they'll put like content from experts that all this EAT, trust, etc. And then real life reviews with like TikTok videos, which are already in Google, YouTube videos, etc. And, f- and overall, it just feels like mixing that with like Google pushing for EAT and trying to build these signals, et cetera. It has done quite well to build a brand where you get the products in hand, where you share real life stories, et cetera, and you, you actually involve yourself in your niche rather than just generating a bunch of generic content. And so that kind of brand works really well. I think Kevin from Epic Gardening is a good example of that. Someone who is doing really well. He's not, he's doing okay in SEO, but SEO is not the reason he's so big, I think. It's from him building that real brand, building real followers, etc. So are we going to see you on TikTok next year, Gal? Ah, we have a new video editor starting soon, so there's a chance, actually. That doesn't mean I'm going to do anything special, but like we'll edit formats for TikToks, etc. But I do think that people who do that will get outsized returns because Google's pushing for EAT, because generic content 
seems that eventually AI will take care of a lot of it. And so like I could see search results being a mixed up, very human content, you know, like full of emotions, feelings, real life stuff, etc. Mixed with AI content written to for the occasion tailored to the query, you know, and that would be probably better search results. So maybe that is a little bit looking further. I'm not sure at the end of next year it will be something good. But yeah, like real experiences from real experts pushing yourself into your industry will probably be more rewarding next year than it will be. And also just in general, getting traction on these platforms has never been so easy. Like a lot of people I see making experiments with like short videos, like on YouTube, not even on TikTok. And growing channels really fast, for example, it's not difficult to do that anymore. And it's realistic within a niche to grow an audience uh, using these platforms faster than you would just using Google. So my recommendation is start touching on multiple channels, not just do SEO, because eventually that will benefit your SEO. The next one is mine too, actually. And that one, it's an interesting one. It goes back to Glenn's prediction for last year. So I don't think it was true for last year. But again, going back to this AI revolution, I put that site building will become more about UX organizing and curating information than the content production itself, right? So, I mean, the content production itself, I think it will matter, but I think Google will be looking to reward sites that are organized properly. So again, I put this example of the Hoops Geek and their uh, single product pages. So like if you take a model of shoes, they have like an expert rating, a user rating, they have these like scores with these bars, etc. And that is not really a lot of text content, classic SEO stuff that you would expect. It's more about organizing, making a summary page with uh, all the reviews, etc. And just giving that information at a glance. And I think the skill of people building great sites will be more about this kind of like mental exercise of organizing information and giving a good experience, making investing in tech as well. I think is very important. Making like sortable tables so you can quickly find the information you want, etc. Rather than putting a generic WordPress blog with like a thousand pages on it, I think that's that might work next year, but long term is going to be a, is going to be a, a little complicated when content can be generated in the click of a button, basically. I think this is true when the these things more directly affect the content rather than just generic things on the site that, site that are kind of cool. So if you're organizing the information in your review to better explain what you're, you're saying and showing cool tables or graphs or whatever, then I think that's where... That's going to be rewarded. So it's like exactly that, like visualize your information, for example, that would be rather than just writing words, you know, it feels like writing words is like, it's becoming old internet now. Let's just say that. And so like, why do you still need the words right now? Because to satisfy search engines, et cetera, I can see that how like actually going beyond that and not just copy pasting a Google doc on the webpage is going to add more and more value. So it, it can come from your formatting. It can come from, there's lots of plugins to do um, graphs on your site. You put a table and it just makes it a graph. Interactive, you can mouse over this kind of stuff, like uh, price price evolutions in price, com- in like for example, seeing the evolution of the price of an item over time. Let's say you're reviewing monitors, for example, for computers. The prices drop o- over time. It would be nice to like have the graph of the evolution of that, for example. So capturing that data every week and then plotting that, etc and paying a dev to do that. That kind of information on a review page, I think would add would be part of that. And I think the, the kind of sites that do that, I mean, look, Artings, 
also a site that's like not that old, but like doing really well because they do a lot of that kind of stuff of like uh, visualizing that data. That's the future. It's You can probably do fine next year without it, but I probably have a lot more examples of sites doing well with it by the end of next year, I would say. And the last one that I put was Google Shopping Queries will become more refined. And Shopping Queries, I include review keywords in there. I mean, best, like in this case example, I put the best is free dog food. And we're going to put the screenshot on your screen right now. And what you see is that basically now Google actually picks up these foods, these dog foods, it puts the Google shopping ratings, it puts the lowest price basically. And it also pulls reviews both from Google shopping, but also from affiliate sites. So you can see on the screenshot I put, it grabbed the 9.8 out of 10 for that food out of Whiskers, which is an affiliate site. It also does the price comparison. So you get to buy from like the cheapest retailer. Uh, and also it adds these kind of labels like low price. I can imagine more of these, you know, it's, it's kind of like similar to what we have on affiliate sites, right? Best for this, best for that, etc. Like you can see how they are like pulling some of that in SERPs. And I would imagine that might eat a little bit of CTR from affiliate sites actually. And seeing more of this on more queries. Because I don't see it on all queries these days, but some of these are very impressive. And actually I've had some versions of this where you have these kind of like badges on top. Like the badges are like puppies, senior, allergies, etc., And then I could filter these foods for that, for example, and have this dynamic filter in there. It would just show me the foods that match all the criteria I've just ticked, for example, always in the SERP. So like that kind of results, I think we might see more of it. And it's like, people will be like, oh my God, I got penalized by Google, etc. You did not, you probably ranked the same, but like more clicks go to that kind of stuff. So yeah, I could see that growing. And that's what I'm saying. Like I can, I can imagine the future of Google SERPs being a mix of like kind of like AI generated content mixed with real life experiences. Like imagine they might not need as many organic results, they might put more videos, more like unboxing videos, that kind of stuff when you build that kind of products, or like uh, the video of like a dog eating it, something that feels that has the human touch that AI doesn't have. But that's probably not for next year. That's probably for like a, a little bit further away. Before we close this, I wanted to go through what we have on Twitter. So I gave you the link as well, Mark, so you can check as well. There's some uh, really interesting responses there. Okay, just give us your favorite one. So my favorite one being Chris Tsitsas, um, Butchering that pronunciation, apologies, but I said, AI content will become self-aware, far outnumbering human-written content. It will brutally murder its predecessor in its quest for the singularity to be the only source of information for our species, thus paving the way for the future enslavement of us. Well, maybe Within not next six year, months. maybe that's 2024. <laughs> Obviously, you know, with uh, ChatGPT and all that being sort of released recently, a lot of people have AI comments, shall we say. So one interesting one is from Charles Float. He says, kind of what you said earlier in um, Not Much Will Change, 95% of stuff will be the same. He says that the same shit will continue to work. Google will make slightly more effective algorithm updates that will continue to gradually improve its detection of certain techniques, but not within the year. I think that's pretty bang on the money there. I think uh, Jamie has an interesting one as well. He's like, your age becomes more considered. This site was around before the AI took over. I'm not sure. I think it's like a very unelegant solution for Google. Like if you resort to this as an engineer, you failed, you know? It's like, it's like you can't be like top world class engineers and just rely on that. I think your age always matters to some extent, but I'm not sure it becomes more important. A clamp down on easy to fake things like this person does not exist as part of the EAT shift. I mean, sure, they don't want this, but like, is it worth making an algo for that? I'm not sure. I think it's going to go the other way. I think we're going to see more like video deep fakes and like really 
convincing things come out there that's going to wreak havoc in certain spaces. So maybe there will be a following clampdown on on things like that, but I'm just not sure. Is it possible to detect that or to clamp down on that? Well, I feel it's easier to like clamp down on like shit sites with links where like, okay, does Mayo Clinic say is a good site? Then it is that to analyze every single image on the internet to try to see if it's AI generated. In terms of costs, it's like, it's quite different in terms of processing costs, you know? <laughs> Multimedia HD videos created by site owners become a stronger SEO ranking factor for blog version. Yeah, I could see that actually. I could see just auto rank becoming a bigger thing. Also like building your authority in the eyes of Google. Like we had the authorship with Google Plus, right? It's just Google Plus was such a failure, they had to cancel it. But for some time, we even had the photos of people that write, wrote the article in Google, right? It's, it was taken away, but it was actually something great. Like it'd be great if they could actually partner with a big social network or, something, or several, and then just actually you can connect these things together and be like, that would be a great way to make sure people are actually experts, you know? So that, I think I could see that. I could see authorship becoming bigger. I think I could have put that in mind, actually. You want to say something? Yeah, so Keith from Minted Empire said that his 2023 prediction is that we'll see a new wave of Google-generated featured snippets that are more accurate than ever before. I think he's sort of implying that rather than uh, taking yeah. other, other people's yeah, right, content, yeah. they just use AI to create their own, which is it's still kind of taking other people's content and just in a more disguised way. I guess because the AI did it, it's unique, it's their own. Um, well the thing is like, yeah, we talked knows. about this yesterday, right? It's like Google could do that, but if they start killing website publishers, eventually they they run out of source material for AI. And that's a huge issue because if people stop publishing on the web like a deep content, etc., not just like a tweet or something. It's going to be complicated for the AI to learn new things in such a good way that it has so far because it's using the content on the internet. And so it's kind of a chicken and the egg problem. Like Google needs to come up with a solution that preserves publishers so that good quality content still gets published, while at the same time using the quality of life improvement that AI brings so that people get a better experience using Google so they don't shift to something else that could disrupt them otherwise. And that's kind of like the challenge for them. And I don't think it's just going to be like Google writes all search results and all content is gone. It's impossible because AI just dies from its lack of original content from this point. So that's, yeah, chicken and the egg problem. That's a, that's an interesting one. Nishat Lady said, uh, I think the AI generated content has to be on Google's agenda. I don't necessarily mean detection, but I think it would become even more important for sites to have original research photos and videos to prove that their product is correct, their info story is correct and not AI generated. So basically building an authentic brand, it kind of goes back to what I said, doing the real stuff, adding that human touch to content will pay more dividends. I agree with that. Maybe not as much next year. I think next year will be this transition flux year where we kind of like figure out the technology. But I think eventually search results will also be a mix of AI content with very, very human content to compensate for that AI content, what people hate about AI. Any other one that you saw? Roy said, Roy Cohen said, voice search is going to take over in 2023. Nah. We've been making that prediction. <laughs> I mean, we stopped making it because we kept making that prediction and kept getting it wrong. It really doesn't seem like it's happening. People don't like it. They don't want to talk. And that's the thing. If people don't like voice search, it's like I was I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, ChatGPT is great. Imagine if you attach like a voice UI to this, it could be actually useful. But I get annoyed after it starts my phone answers to me for more than 10 seconds. You know, it's like I and it's like if it gives me these long answers and like starts talking to me in that robotic voice, that would be terrible. Actually, I would hate using this. So I don't think voice search will take over even then, even though it's like it could be possible with better AI. Okay, anything else? No, just final one. Dom Wells from Onfolio says it will continue to depend. 
I think um, that's the I most accurate one. Accurate, yeah. If I was on a dual prediction like that, I'd be at 100% for sure. Uh, so <laughs> congratulations. All right. So this was the 300th podcast and the last podcast of the year. So if you are listening to this, thank you for tuning in. 300 podcast is kind of crazy. I can't believe you guys like listening to Mark and I that much. I would not bear with that, but that is, thank you very much for everything, basically. Have a good Christmas. Happy New Year. We are back on Monday, January 2nd, and we have a bunch of updates for the authority side system going live on the 1st of January. We will make a special announcement at the time, so watch out for our emails, and we'll see you next time.